You're right where you need to be. You're never too far away. This is the Underdog Daily with Brian James, presented by Citizen Six. All right, happy holidays to you. NFL kickoff season is still in full effect. Welcome to Underdog Daily. I'm your host, Brian James. Today, we're going through our all-underdog first team for our 2023-2024 NFL season. We'll do the offense today. This is a team who may not be the first picks in fantasy drafts or even if we all were out back playing football somewhere. Might not be your first picks, but I guarantee this is a team that will get you a Super Bowl at least this year. Before we get started, you can get connected on Twitter or X, I'm sorry, at Live. Same thing on Instagram. And let's have some fun today. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you're ever concerned about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is going to tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. the 53rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jalen Hurts, quarterback, Oklahoma. Well, it just got interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, and it sure did get interesting because Jalen Hurts uh, has had quite the career um, in his, I guess, three seasons in the league. And he is our QB1 for our all-underdog team for the 2023-2024 season and I think it goes without question he comes into this year um, fighting for a chance to be the face of the league but for whatever reason he's, he's getting he's getting a lot of pushback with that almost as if almost as if his talent like what we see on the field as if we don't believe it you know or, or as if we don't believe that he's really as good as the plays that he's made or or as good as you know you need to be as QB1 to take your team to the Super Bowl for whatever reason, just just don't believe it, you know. And I I, I personally don't think that um, Jalen Hurts is going to ever shed the underdog uh, covering that that that's on him right now. I, I I just don't think he'll ever let it go. He's been an underdog since his time at Alabama because remember he was benched for Tua, obviously. Then he transferred to Oklahoma. Which he did a great job at Oklahoma. I'm gonna pull up the stats coming up in a second here, but he definitely fought for everything that he has right now. He fought for everything that he had back then to even be named as one of the top collegiate quarterbacks at that time. Then when he got drafted to Philly, people were already, you know, 
questioning why they would do such a thing. Then when he finally got his shot to go in there, he did have a little bit of a rough start to it. But I mean, it's tough for all these guys to see the field in the beginning. But then he just turned up. He did. Okay, he just he just turned up. And I'm not just talking about that that uh, tush-push play that they, they run. I'm not the biggest fan of that. But even outside of that, I still think Hurts would still put up a lot of tutties, solid passing numbers. Of course, solid numbers on the ground in general. But for whatever reason, we just don't, well, I shouldn't say we, many people just don't see Jalen Hurts in the light of the talent that he actually has. He's a phenomenal athlete. And guess what? It doesn't even hold the candle to the type of leader that he seems to be, that hit the players around him says that he is. I mean, even guys like Jason Kelsey speak really highly of Jalen Hurts. And that has to mean a lot because... I mean, Kelsey has a great reputation with the league and beyond as well. Kelsey's a leader in his own right, you know? Real recognize real. Game recognize game. But for some reason, despite all of that, <laughs> even, even the cosign from Jason Kelsey himself, a lot of people, including some Philly fans, just aren't all the way in on Jalen Hurts, but... Here on the Underdog Daily, we are, in fact, he is our QB1 for our underdog team for this year because I know he wouldn't be your first pick. He ain't got to be. He could be ours. Because I mean, we've already seen that he can get us to the Super Bowl. Now, last year, he played 15 games. He completed uh, 306 passes on 460 tries. That's about a 66.5 percentage. I say about. That's actually <laughs> exactly what it is. I don't know why I said about. His highest pass yardage year of his career so far um, of course year four is in progress but um, last year was 3,701 yards averaging 8 yards per pass 22 tutties and 6 interceptions that's an underdog rating of 3.6 the longest play was 68 yards he was sacked 38 times rating of 101.5 QBR 68.3 that was his last year this year he kind of got off to a slow start in a lot of people's opinions it's me I'm a lot of people he definitely looked a little um just a little off kilter the first couple of weeks but you know I I, I imagine that for a lot of guys I'm not making an excuse for him I will say this for every single player in the league I think everybody's trying to adjust to this whole no preseason thing and I think that it may be the hardest on our quarterbacks just because you know getting in the rhythm uh you kind of go from training camp to full speed football just like that you know what I mean but we're only a couple of games in and it is a long season and I do believe he will end up having a solid season and of course I think they'll go deep into the playoffs um, but listen the world is against him has been against him of course I'm being dramatic but I'm setting it up here the world has been against him since he got in this thing since we met him since Jalen with the braids with the dreads Everybody's been against him. He's continued to fight. He hasn't given up. Still not the number one pick for most people. Still wouldn't be a starter for a lot of people. But these are all the makings of a great underdog story. All the makings of, I mean, for, for lack of better words, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be coy about it, but all the makings of a Super Bowl quarterback, a superstar quarterback. And he's already took the Philadelphia Eagles there in the face of all the hate, of all the doubt. And that's why he is our QB1 for this year's all-underdog team. Just Jalen, just uh, 
don't know. I know you're a, a competitor and, and an athlete, but just take it easy when you play Washington, bro. Please. All right, let's go to the backfield. The Detroit Lions have made their second selection after taking Jeff Akuda, number three overall. They are going running back. DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. Yep, Jalen Hurts' teammate now, actually. DeAndre Swift. That's going to be our backfield, our RB1. I should just say our RB in general because there's only one. Uh, for our all-underdog team for 2023-2024. I was very surprised that Detroit was willing to trade DeAndre Swift this year. I just, you know, Swift is... Um, some running backs, and maybe it's because he's coming from Georgia or he came from Georgia, but some running backs, I, I specifically remember watching their careers um, in, in college. And, you know, a couple of them stick out, Reggie Bush, but uh, Nick Chubb is definitely one. And another one who also wore that G on his helmet is DeAndre Swift. I enjoyed watching him in college. Um, and I enjoyed seeing how his abilities, how they translated into uh, his time in the NFL. I thought he did a great job in Detroit. You know, we all saw it in, on Hard Knocks last year. He kind of seems like he was a very uh, vital point, not just to that backfield, not even just to the offense, but to the entire Detroit Lions locker room. So when he was sent to Philly, that was just something that was a head scratcher for me uh, this past offseason. But it did up his underdog value, you know, because to me, from my perspective, there's absolutely no reason why you send out a talent like DeAndre Swift. I understand the whole running back market thing and all of that. And even with that taken into account, he's nowhere near that point in his career where we start to talk about whether or not the trade is coming off the tires. You know, he, st- he was still fresh in Detroit. And then the leadership acumen that he brought to that locker room as well was invaluable to me. So in my eyes, and you ask the question from the lens of the underdog, why didn't Detroit see that same value in him? Why didn't they see him as an untouchable player? Why did they allow him to go to Philly out of all places? Like they, 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 they moved him back in April for a fourth round pick in 2025 and then a seventh round pick from this year. It was just like a, a slap in the face type of situation that I just, I, I, I you know. That's doubt, man. That's doubt. And so DeAndre Swift comes into this lead and comes into this year with that doubt on his shoulders. I think he has something to prove um, because of that. Even though maybe on the inside he might be excited about the opportunity, because I mean Philadelphia is a Super Bowl team, you know. So um, you know he, he might be excited about it, but it definitely means he comes into this year with something to prove. And uh, as we've already seen, man, I think Swift is just looking fantastic on the ground i think this season could be his first thousand yard season which you know i I gotta be honest i i didn't know that he hadn't hit a thousand yards yet in his career and i mean you know you look at 2020 played 13 games look at 2021 he played 13 games last year he played 14 uh he's played in every game so far this year but, I mean, clearly, you know, he's, he's missed some games. So I wonder, well, not wonder. I mean, we know for sure that takes a, takes a chunk out of a player's stats. Now, I, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm trying to make an excuse for the numbers. But, um, you know, it's just it's just math, honestly. So um, anticipating and hoping that he does stay on the field uh, for 
more than 14 games. You know, I mean, 14 is actually not a not a bad number. And I mean, it means he missed what three games. Um, but just hoping that he stays healthy. I put it like that. This could be a season that he goes over 1,000 yards, and I'll tell you why. His best year was in 2021. We had 617 yards on the ground, averaging 4.1 per carry, 151 carries, played 13 games, as I mentioned, five tutties. This year, he's already halfway, over halfway, I should say, to his complete numbers of 2021. This year, he's at 364 as we speak today. That's in four games, 59 carries, two tutties, averaging 6.2 per carry. Now, this isn't the time to get into why those numbers are different, although I do have a theory. And, uh, you know, we can talk about that in a later episode if we get bored, you know. (laughs) But if he continues this pace, I mean, as I mentioned, this very well could be his first 1,000-yard season. And he sure has been looking like it'll happen because he's been fun to watch. Now, we'll stay in the backfield, um, but this is going to this is gonna blow a lot of you. <laughs> uh, you know what? When you really think about an underdog first team, right, and you think about a fullback that fits in that position, every fullback in the league belongs there. The entire position of the fullback is an underrated position, period. And I think that we're not at that point yet where... Um, there's one particular name that's going to be, you know, who, who changes, who reinvents the position of the fullback. I do think it's going to happen. I don't know necessarily when, but there'll be a coach that you will find a way to write the fullback into the script, if you will. And then there will be a player that will fit that mold. Um, and then, you know, the rest is history, literally. But as of right now, I can't pinpoint one specific fullback to jump in this backfield with DeAndre Swift. I can literally put anybody back there because the entire position as a whole is underrated, which is also another episode that we'll get into at a later date. But that's the backfield. Let's go up to our tight end. Another pick that's going to blow a lot of you. But when we look at his numbers and um, question his production as it relates to his uh, his potential, I don't know how much of the blame falls on him. Um, how it really kind of falls on the game plan, the coaching, uh, the guy behind center, you know, or the guys, I should say, because he's had a couple in his career already. But that's Kyle Pitts down in Atlanta. You knew this was coming. And the reason being is because of, um, you know, as I mentioned, it's just so much on his shoulders going into this year. Uh, because I do think this is going to be a make or break year in terms of his career and in terms of the jersey that he wears. Because, I mean, you know, I, I think personally he could get moved after this year if they can't get the production that they want out of him. But again, the issue isn't necessarily him producing. The issue is in the play calling to me. Because when we look at the measurables, we look at Kyle Pitts. He's still a freak athlete. 6'6", 246, big body, but he's an athlete who plays the game like a wide receiver, in my opinion. For whatever reason, they just can't get him, um, get the ball to him, you know? But simply because of his potential, I'm not ready to completely write him off yet. I'm actually excited to see what he could put together for the rest of this season. He's been really quiet this year, as uh, many would have said they expected. But, you know, also, so have the targets, you know? Um... He did go over a thousand yards in his rookie year. 
Now, of course, he played the full season, 17 games, 68 receptions on 110 targets, 15.1 average on those targets. And again, it was 1,026 yards. He only had one touchdown. No turnovers, though. No fumbles or anything. Now, his production decreased uh, the next year in 2022 because he only played just a little over half of the season. He played 10 games, um, resulting in, what, 28 receptions, 59 targets. So his numbers literally look like they're kind of in half, you know. But his yards are less than half, which is about 356. Now, you also factor in the fact that he had a new quarterback in Marcus Mariota, and there was some inconsistency with him as the quarterback back there. And again, I'm not looking for excuses, but just as a, a fan, it just always seems like everybody has a tough time getting it going if the quarterback has a tough time getting it going, you know? He had two touchdowns last year. His longest catch was 33 yards. So far on this year, in the four games that he's played, he's been targeted only 11 times. It's almost three targets a game. I don't like it. I, I don't know. I don't like it. If you got a, an athlete like Kyle Pitts, to me, I'm I'm getting the ball to him. You know, he's going to be a weapon. But so far, he's got 121 yards this year. He's averaging about 11 yards per catch, which is a solid number. No touchdowns, of course. His longest catch is 34 yards. So again, he's as you can imagine, he's got all the eyeballs on him. I think there is actually a small chance that he might not even make it all the way through this year in Atlanta. That somebody might go out there and try to get him off of that roster. Um, or maybe the other way around. Atlanta may be looking to move him themselves. But no matter what, the attention's on him because everybody's asking that question if he can get back to uh, the form that he was in in 2021, at least yardage-wise, and if he can live up to that potential that everybody was so excited about when he got drafted in 2021. Now, let's stay in the skies, man. This is probably, probably my favorite position on the offensive side of the ball. We'll get into our receivers, our flight club, if you will. And I promise I have no bias when I chose our wide receiver one. Gets rid of it. Sideline throw. He's got Terry McCullough. And that's a Washington Commander touchdown. 49 yards. Yes, sir. A player that has quickly become one of my absolute favorite uh, players in the entire league. And it has nothing to do with the, uh, the jersey that he wears. Although it, it does help that he is, you know, a commander or I guess a Washington uh, wide receiver, I should say, but Terry McLaurin, man, I am just thoroughly impressed by him as a man. Thoroughly imp- impressed by him as um, as an athlete, uh, as a leader, um, and then lastly, as a wide receiver. I mean, he's just been phenomenal to watch here in my hometown. But I would say that it's even been fun to see him uh, get more of the national spotlight and. What I like about it is that his entire story has been an underdog journey. He was drafted in the third round back in 2019 as pick number 76. One of those picks that wasn't even like (laughs) a big announcement, you know, when it happened. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, you got a receiver out of Ohio State. Um, And since then, I mean, since that very moment, you know, he's just been fighting for uh, that recognition, even here in the town. And... um, 
I mean, that that literally is the journey of the underdog. And a lot of people waver under those circumstances. But he has stepped up to the plate at every opportunity. He's made a name for himself in the town. Then he's made a name for himself nationally. And I would even go so far as to say he's made a name for himself historically. Because he's definitely on pace to have that kind of career that you see um, in the Washington Ring of Honor. So, um, big shout out to Terry McCorn. That's how I receive one for our all underdog first team for 2023. You take a look at his stats. It's no secret why he's up there. His lowest yardage so far has been 919 yards, and that was in his rookie year where he only played, I said only played, where he played 14 games. Uh, he was targeted 93 times, 58 receptions. Uh, seven tutties in that rookie season and we jump all the way to last season the 2022 where he played 17 games 17 games 120 targets 1191 yards five tutties and I think what's interesting about all of this right is that um he's done this with God knows who as the quarterback <laughs> he's gone through so many quarterbacks that it is um, a bit of a running joke within the NFL. I think we're finally getting some consistency as a member of the Washington fan base. We're finally getting some consistency under center um, when we think about Sam Howell. So I'm very interested to see what these numbers look like and then what the next four or five years look like for Terry McLaurin. But his success thus far has been despite despite the inconsistency at quarterback. I'm talking about names like Case Keenum, uh, Carson Wentz thrown out there, you know, Kyle Allen. I mean, these these guys were put on pedestals as, as if they were franchise types of starting quarterbacks. You know, he's had to make several, more than several, several tenfold acrobatic plays just to get a catch on balls that were thrown behind him, over him, miles away from him. You know, clearly, this is why you have been hearing about this guy. This is why. Because he's been doing all of this despite not really having a solid quarterback ever in his career. And I mean, so far, well, we'll see what he does tonight, but I mean, so far in these four games that he's played already, it's, he's had 21 receptions And a lot of uh, other fans are like You know, you should get the ball to him more You know, you want to see him get the ball more so far But he already has 212 yards on this year And one tutty So, you know, we're just I'm just I'm, look I'm just as curious and anxious as you To see if he can develop uh, Some sort of lasting chemistry With um, Sam Howell But just for the simple fact That a lot of people, and I hope it ain't you, but a lot of people may still be sleeping on Terry McLaurin just for that simple fact that he gets left off of a lot of lists when you talk about the top receivers in this league. Just for that simple fact, he's our wide receiver one. And I dare you, I dare you to try and argue with me about that. Or not argue with me, debate with me about that. I'm hoping you do. But shout out to wide receiver one, Terry McLaurin. Now, can you guess who's wide receiver two? This, I mean, this flight club is is sick. He was actually number 67 on the NFL's 
Top 200 players of 2023, none other than Detroit Lions wide receiver. Oh, baby, guess who? I'm in Ross St. Brown. Let's go. Turn me up. Let's go. Yes, sir. I'm in Ross St. Brown. You know, we all heard the story about him memorizing all of the receivers that went before him in the, what is it, 2021 draft. He was drafted in the fourth round out of USC. And I mean, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm a little... I'm a little tired of the story myself, <laughs> but I think that it does speak to um, who he is as a competitor, how that relates to who he is as an athlete and why or how we see him on the stage or in the light that we see him in today. I mean, number 67 of the NFL's top 200 players of 2023. I mean, that's a massive accomplishment. Is it as big as number 66? You know, or even number one, of course. No, not at all. But for a fourth round pick out of 2021, playing football for the Lions, who's also seen his share of struggles over the last couple of years. Um, I mean, you just can't write stories like these, you know. But just like back on draft night in 2021, he still has a chip on his shoulder. He's holding on to that as well. But just for the simple fact that, you know, I... He's not in all of the conversations that he should be in as one of the top receivers in this league. Kind of the same thing as Terry McLaurin, which makes a lot of sense. That's why they both are on this list. But for that reason alone, I think it goes without saying he is definitely a part of this all underdog team for this season. And he's going to be our wide receiver, too. And I guarantee we can get some crazy production out of him. Let's start off with his rookie year, 912 yards. In the air, five tutties, averaging 10.1 per reception, which is uh, 90 receptions. Played 17 games. Solid, solid. Stayed on the field. He went for 1,161 yards in 2022. Upped his receptions. He did miss a game, but just about the same touchdown, six tutties on the year. And so far this year, in the four games that he's played, uh, 331 yards, averaging 12.7 per reception. Um which he has 26 of those and two touchdowns already. So this year is shaping up to be his best yet. Of course, he he just has to stay healthy and doesn't seem like that's too much of an issue. However, however, he does have a fumble on this year, something he hadn't done uh, in his NFL career yet. So it's just one, nothing crazy. I think everybody's going to have one, but still looking forward to the year that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have in Detroit. I've been enjoying seeing him play so far uh, in 2023. And of course, he's wide receiver too, and he's in good company. All right, we'll close out our offense uh, as we get to the big guys. You got some guys that were fighting for contracts. Some of them are locked into rosters that just have been underperforming, but they still find a way to shine. And one of them is a rookie, actually one of my favorite rookies from this class. We'll talk about it on Underdog Daily. Hang out. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, 
they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. All right, welcome back to the Underdog Daily. We are going to our offensive linemen. Guards, tackles, and centers. I mean, they all could be on this list, honestly, because I truly believe that we really don't know how tough, how tough of a job these guys have um, each time they take the field. And uh, it's something that I've really grown to appreciate the art of, a position that I've really grown to appreciate the art of as I mature. And um, these guys on this list, they all have a knack for the art of their position. Just for whatever reason, they may not be the flashiest guys. I mean, it's not the flashiest, you know, uh, place to play in the NFL, in the trenches, if you will. But um, these guys are dogs. They do have that dog in them. And we'll start at the left tackle position with uh, a guy in this area, Mr. Morgan Moses for the Baltimore Ravens. It's always been something about him, whether it's because he started his career in Washington um, and then, you know, he only went up the road to Baltimore, two teams that mean a lot to me for obvious reasons. Um, but I've been able to witness him and, yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you. When he came into the league back in 2014, uh, you know, I thought he was just another offensive lineman guy, but I've been very appreciative of the care with which he plays the game and, um, how he is dedicated to becoming better at his craft. And you really get to see the height of it now that he's the starting guy out there in Baltimore and has been holding that position down for a while. He's been doing he's been doing phenomenal. I do think he's coming towards the um, sunset of his career, if you will. Say maybe three or four years left, but nonetheless, he's been holding it down. Um, I will go to PFF for their grading uh, just for uh, as we switch over to the offensive lineman. He... Had a oh he has a 75.3 uh, 2023 uh, PFF grade so far this season. Last season was slightly higher, 78.1. One sack allowed so far this season. He does have four penalties on him though, but um, a reliable guy who has been, I think, a solid foundation for what Lamar Jackson has been able to accomplish. Okay. I mean, a lot, a lot of what we see quarterbacks do, it, I mean, it, it just doesn't happen without solid play from the offensive linemen, but even more specifically, solid play from the tackles. And he's someone that I could trust at the left tackle position on our first team all underdog. But I am curious to really hear, um, hear what you think about that. So, of course, you can get at me on Twitter and, um, I'm sorry, X and IG. Now, our left guard is somebody who is having a very weird season so far, but he's playing on a team that's having a weird season. He's playing for a quarterback that's having a very weird season. But it's, you know, he has a lot of potential at the position. And, of course, that's Cole Strange from the Patriots. Very low PFF grade right now, 49.7 for this season. Two penalties, one sack allowed. 54.6 PFF last year. 
allowing five sacks. But he's another guy who's on my list because I was expecting and am still expecting kind of like that same scenario as Kyle Pitts, how we said earlier, you know, the potential is through the roof. It's through the roof. You just kind of wonder when and I guess if in some cases um, that potential will be unlocked. I do believe that just as with Kyle Pitts, the cold strain struggles that we've seen so far is simply the result of the New England Patriots struggle. They just don't look like themselves. Belichick doesn't look like himself. I mean, he's playing with a quarterback right now that is, I think he just kind of forgot who he is. You know, I, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But anyways, Cole Strange, our left guard. I know, I know you're kind of making a face at the left side of our offensive line, but make that face on X and IG because I want to hear your, your thoughts on that. Hit me up at Live. Now, at the center position. Hey, Tyler, this is Jerry Jones with the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, Jerry Jones, we just picked you. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. You're a Dallas Cowboy. We uh, think a lot of you, obviously, and uh, congratulations. I know you'll give it everything you got. All right, that was audio from draft night when Tyler Beatish was drafted to the Dallas Cowboys back in 2020. They actually traded up to get him. He was in the fourth round. A lot of people were looking to see him uh, see him perform well, and I think he's been doing a, a solid job. You know, I think he's been doing a solid job. He's getting a great opportunity to play along some uh, offensive linemen that I think will go down in history that Dallas has had over the last couple of seasons. Uh, we'll get into one coming up next here. Um, but as you can expect, I think we've just seen the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Tyler. So far this year, no penalties, no sacks allowed, 62.8 on the PFF grade. Last season, he had five penalties, uh, but no sacks allowed the entire season, 61.7 PFF grade. He is someone who I believe will only get better, only get better. Looking forward to seeing what's around the corner for Tyler, and I'm fully confident with him on this first team because he's here because of the, um, the intersection between his age his potential, and his talent. It's just a great day at that intersection. And we'll just keep watching to see, you know, how it unfolds, to see if he becomes uh, like the guy that he's been playing next to. Bit of good news. I, I think a lot of bit of good news. The Dallas Cowboys and Zach Martin have reached an agreement finally. I mean, we've been waiting for this. I know. He, he's, he's arguably the best offensive lineman sure. in the league. Yeah, Dallas fans were not... We're not happy this offseason at the thought of losing Zach Martin because he is the best guard in the game, you know, which is why I just couldn't believe why it would even come to a holdout situation with him because he's one of those guys who I'm like, okay, I need you, period. Like, like, like what do you need? I got you, you know, especially when you factor in um, how much how much you need him to be there in order to ensure that Dak Prescott is able to play at the height of his game. It just didn't make sense. But because of how little sense it made, that's how he ended up on this list. Because for whatever reason, down at Jerry's world, they were struggling with deciding on his true value. It seems like everybody else in the world, or at least in the sports world, let's not be dramatic about it, knew that Zach Martin is worth a, a blank check. But much like the Josh Jacobs situation, much like... You know, how we mentioned a little bit earlier with DeAndre Swift, how Detroit traded him away. 
for whatever reason, they just didn't see the value in it. They just didn't see it. But everybody was excited when they finally ended uh, that holdout. It was a deal that got him a guaranteed $36 million over the next two seasons and a whole bunch of other particulars that ain't important right now. What's important is that we got Zach. And I guarantee that in 2023, um, he's going to prove, you know, again, as as all underdogs do. He's just going to keep on proving that he's worth that and more. And I think he's going to get even closer to, you know, but I don't want to jinx him. But I'll, just, I, I'll just say he might be getting fitted for a little something, something when it's all said and done. But Zach Martin, uh, so far this year, no penalties, no sacks allowed, 78.5 PFF, 73.3 last season. One penalty allowed for the entire year, zero sacks. But somehow, some way, thanks to the circus that is Jerry's world that I do love. You know, I, I love everything about, well, let me let me chill. <laughs> but um, thanks to whatever they be doing down there in Dallas, Zach Martin comes into 2023, plays with an underdog chip on his shoulder. Therefore, Zach, you get right there at our right guard position on our all-underdog first team. I can't explain why you're here. I have no clue, buddy. But you're here. And you got two young, talented guys around you. We already talked about one of them. The other one is really young. I mean, really, really young. This is his first year in the league. And he's already got everybody talking. Look, Dewan Jones, I think he's at a crossroads now. Like, he went in the fourth round. We were talking about a guy who could, maybe should have gone in the first round based off his tape. Wanted to get to Dwan Jones while he was still in the game, but you'll see the quickness of the feet for someone as big as he is. The ability to stay on those blocks, the ability to protect his quarterback. Yes, they're chipping and helping a bit. It's none other than that big guy, that huge, what they call it? They called him uh, Thanos. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Dewan Jones, man. Good Lord. That's a big dude. That's a big guy. And um, what has people excited is that um, you know, he doesn't move like a big guy. 6'8", 375, really athletic, quick feet. Um, the type of physical potential that you know that with just a little bit of polishing, he can go down in history. And on top of that, he's a Leo, which is always awesome. I know he had some drama coming out of Ohio State last year, which is how he fell to the fourth round. They said he just, you know, didn't seem to really care about the whole pre-draft process. And, you know, it, those things are always weird because just, I just feel like any narrative can be created around some of these kids. And it's borderline unfair. But um, anyway, not, not me making excuses or anything for him. I'm just telling you what happened. But so far this year, 55.5 on the PFF grade, two penalties already. Which, yeah, again, not making an, an excuse for the kid, but he is a kid. Zero sacks allowed, but more than anything, I think statistically, you might not be as confident as you would if you just saw the kid play. And all, all you got to do is watch a few plays of him, how comfortable he looks at the position, how much of a presence he has as he lines up against some of the NFL's best, and how fluent everything is, how fluent the motion is for him. I think when you take a look at that, you'd be more um, more excited about that as opposed to looking at his stats for this year so far because he's a rookie. Okay, he's a rookie. He got in because Jack Conklin got hurt. But he's one of those rookies that I think will be saying his name a lot as the years roll on. And that's why he's on our all-underdog first team 
He's just beginning to make a name for himself. But for those of us that have witnessed him already, we already know what's up. All right, that's our offense. We will get into our defense on the next episode, but I am looking forward to hearing what you thought about that. Like, I know the offensive linemen, maybe that's where I lost a lot of you, but I, yeah, I've stated my reasons. I would love to hear yours. Uh, you can send me an email, Brian James at the Citizens, T H E C T Z N S dot com. You can hit me on IG and X at B James Live. And of course, be on the lookout for the next episode so we can get into the defense as well. I don't think it's too many surprises on that one. But with so much defensive potential right now, I'm willing to bet there's a few of them you won't you won't agree with. Stick around for more of the Underdog Daily. Connect online at citizen6.com. Connect with Brian on Instagram, Facebook, and X at BJamesLive. This is the Underdog Daily with Brian James, presented by Citizen 6.